DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are joined now by Michelle Gardner, ASU beat writer for the Arizona Republic. Michelle, good morning. I'm great. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing this morning? We are doing well. But I want to give you a warning here, Michelle. First off, you got a lot of fans listening closely to this because ASU opens the season in Southern Utah, and then Game 3 is at BYU, and then in mid-October, uh, mid-season, they're up to play the Utes. Now, on top of that, I went to UC Santa Barbara. I got, I got no, I got no uh, horse in this race. But my, my partner here, PK, he's, he's teleporting himself right now to January 1st, 1987, and the happiest Sun Devil moment ever after the Rose Bowl victory. So... He'll be going over everything you say with a fine-tooth comb. So be on, be on okay. your A game. You, you have no idea the lion's den you're about to step into with the, with the devils here. Okay. Now, having said that, uh, there's been um, a lot of hype and a lot of pub for Herm. Uh, but now we're getting into year three or year 2.5. I don't know. It depends on how you score whatever it was that just passed for a, a football season. When we hear people say they're primed for a big year, you're covering the team – do you feel that, or do you feel like people are getting a little ahead of themselves? No, I think this is going to be the year for them, most likely. Um, they returned 20 of 22 starters. So, you know, now you've got guys that have been in the program under Herm. I think there might be two or three guys that he didn't recruit, but this is a team that he's pretty much recruited by hand. He's got a coaching staff that's all his guys. So I thought maybe last year would be the year, and then it unfolded the way it did, so obviously it was not. Um, But I definitely think that this year could be their year. But, you know, ASU people have been – they've gotten used to being disappointed. (laughs) You know, so, you know, there's a large segment of the fan base – that's all in and thinks this is going to be the year. And then there's a segment of the fan base that goes, Hey, I'm going to hold out hope, you know, because I've been disappointed before. So it's kind of both. Yeah. You look at last season and, uh, you know, his terms third year there, it's not a full season. So you really can't uh, evaluate it completely. Obviously I think they were, they only played what four games. Is that what it was? They played one of the fewer games out there of any division one, Team. Yeah, it was four like, games, and games one and two were interrupted by a one-month break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So four games, a month break in between those two games. you got a new offensive coordinator. You're breaking in a new defense. So it was just kind of a tough go for a lot of reasons. So defensively, I think they're supposed to return everybody. Uh, I look at that, and there's a bunch of kids who came back. Maybe they could have gone for the draft or – didn't want to return for eligibility. I think uh, Crosswell uh, was the one kid who left, but he had gotten beaten out in the secondary, and then they ended up suspending him, I think, at the end of the season anyway. Uh, defensively, they should be really, really strong. The thing that bothered me is they allowed, obviously, uh, the two L.A. schools to score at the end of the game. Is that anything that the Devils should be concerned about as far as that being a pattern, or would they be that much better this next season? No, I I think that the defense is going to be much better. What they need to do is they need to improve. They were ninth against the run, ninth against the pass. So obviously when you return every starter, you expect that to not be the case this year. But what they did do very well is they were first in scoring defense and they were first in the country in takeaway ratio. 
So they did some things well, and maybe it's bend but don't break, but they need to give up less yardage in between the 20s. Um, Shari Crosswell was the one loss, if you can call it a loss. He lost his starting spot going into the USC game. So he, even though he had started for two years, technically he wasn't a starter at the start of the season. Um, so, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a loss, maybe not. But, you know, guys like Chase Lucas, Evan Fields, Merlin Robertson, uh, most people thought that the two seniors were going to be done and gone, and some people thought Merlin would declare for the draft. So early on when those guys came back, and Jack Jones also, the other corner, when those guys all decided to come back, people kind of started getting excited because they're like, you know what, if those guys are coming back and everybody thought they were going to be gone, then there's a good thing going here. So that's I, I expect the defense to be much improved over last year. So under the theory that uh, you're back, you should be better, but you're not always better, what, what is it they're trying to get better at? You bring up this ninth against the run and against the pass. I mean, is it is it missed tackles? Is it scheme? They concede a lot of yards in front of them because they do bend, don't break. Is it blown assignments? What happens? You know, it's kind of hard to say. I, I don't think they were terrible because they, they made some really great plays. I, I think Merlin Robertson played phenomenal against USC, um, then not so well in the next couple of games, and then he played great in the last game. But it was, it was just maybe some big plays here or there. Uh, I think they were better tackling than they were in the previous year, so I don't necessarily think that was the issue. I just think it was, it was big plays, and it was also failure to get off the field on third down. If I had to pick one thing, I would say failure to get the third down stop. Against USC, the defense was on the field for 95 plays. That's obscene. So I I think third down stops is the area they need to improve on. So you look at their offense. I think Herm is an old school guy and uh, NFL guy, obviously, and it reminds me a lot of what Utah does with uh, Kyle Whittingham in terms of we're going to run the ball. And so they've got a couple good running backs there who had uh, they were new, the junior college kid, and then uh, Trayanum, the freshman from Ohio, looks like he's going to be a star. But my thought for you is, with that in mind, since they're such so run oriented. Why would Thompson, the kid from Utah, leave one running-oriented school and go to another run-oriented school? You know what? That kind of I was kind of curious about that myself. And ASU's got a lot of receivers. Now they've said they're not necessarily going to be run-heavy. They want it to be maybe fifty-five, forty-five. And a lot of the reason they were run-heavy last year was, at least early, was because. You're breaking in a lot of wide receivers or new new kids in the wide receiver position. Um, you had a new offense. You didn't have any of spring practice. And this offense is a little bit complicated, a lot of shifts, a lot of motions. So that's kind of why they leaned on the run early and, and didn't pass as much. Frank Darby, who is one of the lone losses at, 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 on the offensive side of the ball, he got hurt very early in the USC game. So when he went down, basically all the receivers left were freshmen or sophomores that didn't play a lot. So 
you know, Jaden hadn't had a, a chance to really develop that chemistry with those guys, be it, be it no spring practice hardly, and then being early in the season. So that's why the passing game struggled a little bit early and they had to rely on the run. So speaking of Jaden Daniels, and we're talking Arizona State football right now, our spring football tour continues with Michelle Gardner, ASU beat writer for the Arizona Republic. Uh, in the shortened season last year, he completes 58% of his passes. As a freshman, he's just a shade under 61%. Most coaches want 65 Now, ASU loves to throw the deep ball, and he throws a pretty deep ball. So are they okay with what he's doing? The, he limits the interceptions. He's great at that. But does he need a higher completion percentage, or what he's doing is good, and that's how they're going to play? No, I, th- I think it'll get better just because now he's a junior. But again, in the USC game, I'm going to go back to that. Johnny Wilson had four flat-out drops, mm. like drops. Um, so you can't fault Jaden for that. So um, I think that he's going to be much better in that regard, just, again, because he's had he's getting a chance now to get on the same page with these wide receivers. So I think that'll get a little bit better. Um, you know, you look at some of, and, and again, going back to the ratio of run versus pass, some of the other dynamics didn't less necessarily lend themselves to huge passing numbers. You know, they got up on Arizona 42-7 at the half, so they didn't pass a lot in the second half. Um, the Oregon State game was cold and rainy, so they kind of kept the ball on the ground because they have good running backs. So I know his numbers were very pedestrian when you look at them on the surface, but you kind of have to look at all the things that went into them. Line, it seems like Herm, since he's been there, has been somewhat patchwork, and a lot of it is getting uh, transfer guys to come in. And we know that if you want to run the ball or throw the ball, you better be good up front. How's the offensive line look this season? Well, they've got all but one starter returning. The only starter not returning, and one of the two players on either side of the ball not returning, is their center, Cade Cody. Cade Cody was a sixth-year senior last year, so most guys aren't going to come back for a seventh year, even given the option. So center is the position that they're looking to fill. And right now, at least through the first day of practice, it looks like that's going to be junior Donovan West, who was a starter last year at left guard. And they feel Donovan's got the potential to play at the next level, and if he does, it's going to be at center. So at least yesterday in the first day, it looks like Donovan West is going to be the guy there. Um, they return all the other starters, and two of those were grad transfers in Henry Haddis, who came from Stanford, and uh, Kellen Deesh, who came over from, for te- from Texas A&M. So those are two guys that are very veteran guys that have played football for a while, and those guys are the leaders on the line. And I think they're going to be fine on the line because they're returning four of the five. So is this year's schedule just kind of a one-off then, uh, non-conference? It's Southern Utah, UNLV, and at BYU. <clears throat> there are some bigger games out there, and there's a thought that the Pac-12's got to play other Power 5 leagues and beat them. And they do have Oklahoma State out there coming up here. Is ASU all in on that, or is uh, is Herm more, hey, let's go 3-0, build some confidence, break in the young guys, and worry about conference? No, usually, usually they like to have the one gimme game. They like to have one that's a decently tough game and then one that's kind of in the middle. Uh, and, of course, they set these schedules years in advance. You never know how good somebody's going to be or not not be. But that's kind of usually their, what they try to do is a kind of a gimme 
a tough one and then one that's kind of in between type of thing. So that's kind of where their thought is in that process. Um, as far as the rest of the schedule, and obviously the schedules came out earlier this week, um, ASU's got a decent schedule. Obviously, the tough part is the end of the year back-to-back trips to Oregon State and Washington. Um, so two straight trips to the Northwest back-to-back weeks. And this will be the third year in a row that ASU has traveled to Oregon State. So a lot of the fan, fan base here wants to gripe about that. So um, you never know the weather in Corvallis come November, December. So that's kind of the tough part of the schedule. Um, but Herm doesn't focus on that. He said, hey, let's just go play them. And they did win last year in December in Corvallis in bad weather. So maybe that's overrated. Yeah, it has to be not just Corvallis in late in the season. It has to be 830 and rainy. That's part of the deal. Can't, it can't be 1 o'clock. So uh, I understand their frustration there, but you got to play the game. I, I like the stuff that uh, that comes out of the coaching as far as the recruiting because they'll tell you – they, their spin is that, well, we recruit nationally. You know, that's what we do. Well, yeah, you, you damn well better recruit nationally because you ain't getting anybody from the state of Arizona. Maybe you can get a walk-on or a kicker or somebody's son. But other than that, that's been a struggle. And I know hiring two ex-high school coaches from California, Southern California, in uh, Pierce and Claiborne, that's really helped. And they hired the Chandler High coach, and Chandler's got the big program. Uh, down there, obviously, in the Valley. Uh, do you see any breakthrough as far as to be able to have any shot at getting the top kids and stop having them to go to Oklahoma and Oregon or wherever else they're going? No, I, I like what they've done already for the next cycle. Uh, they've already got two four-star recruits, and uh, they've gone into Florida and, and to get Jalen Marshall out of Hallandale High School, which is outside of the Fort Lauderdale area. Um, they went and got him. They just got a four-star safety. And from people I'm talking to with the 247 affiliates say this kid is really, really good. So, and he's out of California too. So I like what they've done. Um, they're excited about this recruiting class and that this is the first recruiting class that Herm and his staff have recruited since they were high school freshmen. So I think they're gaining traction in, in places like Florida. Um, and they got Chip Trainum, the top running back out of, you know, Ohio State territory. He's from Ohio. So I think they've definitely increased their footprint nationwide. Um, and I think that that's going to continue. So when you look at the South, where would you, uh, where would you put ASU in all of this? Well, you know what, I think the South, I think any of four teams can win it. Obviously, I, I don't think Colorado has quite enough, and Arizona is Arizona. So I don't, think, I, I don't think those two teams have enough to pull it off. But I think any of the other four teams really could pull it off. But I think you start with USC just because they're USC, and that's a national brand. That's a, a school that should get the top recruits in the country year in and year out. So i got to think that USC is probably still the favorite. And I think ASU, Utah, and UCLA are in the mix, too. I, I wouldn't rule any of those teams out. So uh, I think this is probably ASU's best chance in a while to actually win it. And I'm not going to go overboard and say they're the favorite because I, I still would probably go with Keaton Slovis and USC. But I think that ASU can be in the mix. And there's no doubt about that. You know, not With 20 of 22 starters returning, they should be in the mix. Michelle, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. A little spring football tour of Arizona State. We appreciate it. 
Anytime. Michelle Gardner, ASU beat writer for the Arizona Republic. The opener with SUU, the third game with BYU, and then midseason with the Utes. We will be seeing plenty of ASU. All right, DJ and PK, right back to the story of the morning, the Utah Jazz. The frustrating loss to Philadelphia. We will get your reaction coming up next. And Craig Bullerjack joins us at 9 o'clock. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.